Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. We've got a lot to get into. The college football playoff rankings are out. We're going to talk about those. We're also going to get into some predictions for the stretch run of the college football season as we are just Four weeks away from the season actually being over, three weeks away uh, from championship weekend, and then we've also got the final two weeks of the season. It's going to be an exciting conclusion. And then also we're going to talk some racing, get into that topic a little bit, uh, talk about the uh, incredible seasons. You know, we were talking off air of uh, about the fact that, you know, Alex Pillow and, and Kyle Larson had insane seasons this year. We're going to get into that a little bit. And I mean, I think B Scott, though, the, the topic to lead off tonight is the fact that I'm pretty sure th- it is finally put to bed. The Cleveland Guardians roller derby team has ceded the name to the actual Cle- now, the now Cleveland baseball guardians, as they shall now be known uh, here to for baseball guardians? no 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 they're not actually that i'm just saying that's oh, how that's to, to, say, that's to distinguish to distinguish against the two um so i mean that saga is finally over i think uh see i was really hoping that the roller derby team would have really <laughs> would win to their guns <laughs> and force the, the cleveland the formerly known cleveland indians uh to you know choose something else because i still wish they would have gone with the cleveland rocks yeah, yeah, I like that and, a lot. Now, and homage back to the old Drew Carey show, where the opening song was "Cleveland Rocks." Well, and also the fact that, like, I mean, I know it's a little close to the Rockies, but like, there's just so many. You know, there's such a there's a cool like heck the All Star Game logo that was just like the outline of the guitar around like the well, All Star Game. Like you Hall have of Fame is right. right there. Right. So I mean, there were some so definite opportunities. Yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the Cleveland guardians, I think are safe. Uh, but that's not the main thing we're going to get into. Uh, even though the, uh, all the setup for B Scott behind him, uh, is pretty much the exact same you have moved. So, uh, you moved. know, congratulations on the move. That's why B Scott was not here last week. Hope the move went well for you, man. It, it it's still going. We'll, we'll <laughs> just put it at that. <laughs> well, what's also still going is the banter about the college football playoff the discussion um is at hand the rankings see i was really worried b scott because i thought that i was recording a day later on the night the college football playoff rankings come out i wasn't sure because i feel like they came out like way later one of these weeks like at like nine o'clock one week yeah that was the first week that they came out because they wanted you to you know be excited and filled up yeah yeah they've, they've already come out this evening um if you're listening on Wednesday, we do record this show and do it live on Tuesday evenings. So twitch.tv slash Craig Craig. There you go. Um, (laughs) So you definitely need to tune in if you want to like be up to date on what we're actually talking about. Um, But yeah, they have come out and the top four did not change. You still have Georgia Georgia one, Alabama two, Oregon three and Ohio state four that it is different than the AP poll AP poll still has Cincinnati at four and Ohio state at five, but the playoff committee sees it differently. I got you. Yeah. I, for some reason I thought Oregon was four, but maybe they weren't. I think no, I, so. So yeah. Ohio so state is four. 
Um, so yeah, Ohio State's four, and then you've got. Uh, I mean, the previous ranking. Obviously, I'm looking. Oh, at the, the previous. Yeah, maybe the previous ranking they were. Maybe they finally decided. Maybe that was like, oops. Yeah, but the, Oregon probably should be ahead of Ohio State <laughs> considering. Uh, yeah. Well, because I remember when I was looking at the score bug for Ohio State, um, uh, Purdue, it was four versus nineteen. But then I also feel like when I was researching for uh, the show, it was like when I was looking at Oregon's numbers, like Oregon was four. So I don't know. I think Oregon that might be the AP. Um, oh, not entirely. Oh, Oregon sh- is four in the AP. Cincinnati okay. is three in the AP. That's so maybe that's that's yeah. what's the contradictory. Okay, yeah. so but yeah, mainly the, the main thing is the top four did not change um, as far as the teams that are there. Right. Um, and then you've got uh, Cincinnati at five, Michigan at six, Michigan State seven. Um, I'm pretty sure those are all still the same. Now yes. eight is vacated by Oklahoma, as we thought would happen, as they lost to Baylor. Um, now I was interested to see. I was wondering if like maybe. Oklahoma State might move up there or maybe Baylor. Um, they now have Notre Dame as the eighth seed. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Cincinnati were to lose. There's going to be a little bit of a bloodbath in the Big Ten. If Notre Dame can make it the rest of the way, that's another darling that uh, the uh, the college football playoff has to potentially put in know. there. Still don't sleep on Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State wins out they have the potential to sneak their way in just because of the strength of schedule that they're going to have on the back end of the season here so true yeah they still have bedlam coming up that's going to be a big one i mean if oklahoma state can win that one and then win the big 12 championship game the only thing and and i don't want to give away too much about what we might get to in predictions later uh for the rest of the year but oklahoma state um, being at number or Oklahoma now being 13. The only thing that bothers me about that is if let's say Oklahoma state wins bedlam, which they would need to do to kind of stay in the, the hunt. They need to win one of the potential two games they have against Oklahoma, obviously. Um, but, uh, if they were to win, Oklahoma is going to fall more like Oklahoma is going to Oklahoma is going to fall to maybe 16, 17. So then beating Oklahoma twice, a team that the college football playoff already doesn't super wasn't super fond of uh, even when they were undefeated. I don't think that's, I mean, it's still a win over a top 25 team and that means something, but at the same time, I don't know how much leeway uh, the uh, college football playoff is going to give. I, I don't want to give up too much away, but all I can say is that Cincinnati is sitting in the catbird seat. Oh yeah, for sure. Because, mostly because I, you know, when push comes to shove with the SEC championship game, I don't see Georgia losing that. I don't see Alabama putting up a fight no. with Georgia. So you're not going to put a two win, a two loss Alabama team in the playoff over an undefeated Cincinnati team. You're just you're just not. Unfortunately, right. you can't. You you honestly you can't. Um, so yeah, I feel like Cincinnati's sitting pretty right now. Notre Dame is another one that's sitting pretty, just because Michigan Michigan and Michigan State both have to play Ohio State here in the coming weeks. So that's going to allow the Fighting Irish to most likely jump up in the rankings, regardless, because one of those teams are going to you know a, a combination of those teams are going to lose here in the next two weeks. So that that helps. Um, so yeah, Cincinnati and Notre Dame, I feel like, are sitting pretty good. Oklahoma State's another one to keep your eye on as well. Yeah, and because I mean, honestly, I'm interested to see what happens with Notre Dame because as those Big Ten teams fall out of their way, um, 
the question is because you know if Notre Dame were to leapfrog Cincinnati in any capacity, um, then that also that then turns into look Notre Dame beat a strong Cincinnati team rather than Cincinnati didn't play anybody and and had one tough game the whole year. No, um, Notre Dame's one losses to Cincinnati. So I'm saying that, but oh, well, you I, said Notre Dame beat a strong Cincinnati. Yeah, they did. Or sorry, yeah, Notre Dame lost to a strong Cincinnati team yeah. is what I mean. Yeah, sorry, I misspoke. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, then the rest of the rankings, you have Oklahoma State at nine. You have Wake Forest at 10. Baylor uh, comes up to number 11 following their win over Oklahoma. Ole Miss is 12. Oklahoma is 13. BYU 14. Wisconsin 15. Those teams don't really matter as far as college football playoff is concerned, but those are the ones that still show up on my screen. So hey, I it's felt like Purdue. good to know. Last, <laughs> last week, Purdue was 19 in the college well, football playoff, but Purdue had zero <laughs> chance of making the college football playoff. Well, what's funny is, is that, like, I saw it on Reddit because um, I made a, a 3C Media Reddit page and was kind of perusing on there. And somebody was like, the committee really out here playing 4D chess, coming out and putting Purdue at number 19. So when Ohio State beats them, it's another strong win on their resume. Um, Possibly. Yeah. But hey, you, you do. You, one thing people don't realize with the, play, the college football playoff rankings is that it does also make up um, who gets to play in the New Year's Six bowl games? Mm. It, it they do look at the top twelve for that, so it's not just the top four that are looked at by for you know the college football playoff. It does have other implications all the way back to uh, the number twelve, and even yeah. a little bit closer around to number twelve. But it it has other impl- implications other than just the top four, right? So yeah, I I mean rankings didn't really change a whole lot. I'm I'm okay with how they look. Um, I'm interested to see. They're like you know you mentioned Oklahoma State. I don't think the ACC really has a shot. I don't know if Wake even if they finish the season undefeated and beat or not undefeated but in this road, like road, run the table at the end of the year and even beat a number eighteen Pittsburgh team. I don't know how well that really serves them in the ACC championship game so we'll see I mean, they are they number 10 everybody else <laughs> they need completely fall apart i mean I, I mean what's funny is it it honestly like i it's not wake with, forest with, with wake two forest weeks left it doesn't it just it's not possible i mean if oklahoma Beats Oklahoma. If Oklahoma, if Oklahoma State and Oklahoma s- split that series, which I think is going to happen, I'm giving that away for for later. Um, then the, they're out. If Notre Dame loses a st- loses to Stanford, I mean Stanford's still a team that knocked off Oregon earlier this season, and it is in Stanford. It's in Palo Alto, um, and. You know, you mentioned how Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State all play each other. If Cincinnati loses, they've not been playing their best football here lately. So I mean, I'm just I'm not saying we're okay, gonna make wait, it. I'm wait, saying you that's keep the, saying Oklahoma State and Oklahoma like split their two games. Is it even a de- is it even like definitive that Oklahoma's gonna play for the Big Twelve Championship? If Oklahoma, well, okay, so Oklahoma State if, in the in Bedlam, if Oklahoma State wins, if Oklahoma State wins Bedlam, it'll be Oklahoma State versus Baylor. Okay. Now Oklahoma that, that, that looks oh. better for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, uh, one of their or one of uh, Oklahoma State beat Baylor in the first matchup between those two teams. Okay. So I, I don't know. It'll it'll be that'll be. I think that's a toss up game too because it's uh, Oklahoma State won. I think twenty four to twenty one. So it's not like either team was 
wasn't yeah. like super you know, like a blowout or anything but i'm i'm just i'm not saying wake's going to do anything i'm just saying like there is it's not inconceivable to think all those things could play out that way right. um can, can but, we give a, a shout out to Baylor here oh my goodness like this is a team that was like on the brink of being a dumpster fire not too long ago and now here they are finding their way around the top 10 in the country, knocking off Oklahoma. I mean, they haven't been the talk of college football like this since RG3 was their quarterback. <laughs> right. I mean, well, they, were, they were shrouded in so much off-the-field scandal and everything. And, I mean, they were – I mean, they were – they lost their coach to the NFL. It's – I mean, it's been – a roller coaster for them for them to now be where they're at. That's a, that's impressive. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, that's their last, I think their last time they beat Oklahoma was uh, that year. They had RG three. Yeah. Pretty wild. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure. At least that's what I remember seeing on the Fox broadcast. So, um, but yeah, so good uh, for the college football playoff rankings. I like the way they look. Uh, I guarantee it. Um, so now I think before oh, we're going to talk some college football predictions, um, I'm glad those came out uh, when they did because it was like right before we went live. So that was nice. Um, so we're going to talk some college football uh, predictions. Before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from the friends of the show. Let's go ahead now and switch over um, and look ahead here as we're going to make some predictions for the remainder of the college football season as there are two weeks to go before championship weekend uh, in college football. Um, the co- you know, Looking at the college football playoff top four uh, this past weekend, Georgia rolled over Tennessee, 41-17. to Alabama, they had a tough game, man. It was really tough. They went up against New Mexico State. They win 59-3. to um, Oregon outlasts Washington State, 38-24. to And Ohio State, B. Scott earmuffs. Ohio State beats Purdue. Uh, third of 59 to 31 in a shootout. Ohio State led 45 to 17 at the half. CJ Stroud uh, went absolutely ballistic 31 for 38 for 360 in the first half. Yes, in the first half. <laughs> He ended up with 30, going 31 for 38, 361 yards and five touchdowns. Aiden O'Connell uh, went 40 for 52 for 390 yards and four touchdowns. David Bell had another great game, 11 catches, 103 yards. So, um, you know, like we you know discussed the college football playoff rankings um, as they stand, you know, right now, you've got the same top four, nobody really changing. And, and like we've discussed a little bit earlier, you've got Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, all kind of waiting in the wings there. Um, you know, should anybody, um, you know, falter in those top four? Again, that is uh, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State. So um, looking at the final couple of regular season weeks, um, you know, and then of course, in, in three weeks is college uh, football championship weekend, and then uh, the Army Navy game, and then we get into bowl games, which it doesn't seem like we're that close to it, but we are. It's 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 right yeah. here. It's um, the season has gone quickly. Um, so what it we're gonna really do? Has. It really <laughs> yeah, has. It's gone in the. I, yeah, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about like. I don't text. feel like it was that long ago that we were sitting at the Purdue Oregon State game for. Yeah. Kickoff weekend. Right. Kickoff weekend. We, you know, I got a cool tailgate video. If you guys want to go check that out, 3C Media on uh, on YouTube. Um, when you yeah. hit up the YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Ring the bell. The Ring the bell. Ring a ding um, ding. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's it's gone really quickly. So what we're going to do is we're going to give one prediction uh, for each Power 5 conference going down uh, this late season run. And we're going to start, we're going to go alphabetically. So we're going to start with the ACC. Uh, my prediction, they're not, and also, by the way, just throwing that out there, they're not necessarily bold predictions. So if it's something that doesn't sound, you know, super crazy, because I, I did want to go crazy with some of them, but I, I didn't end up doing it. Yeah, and um, as, but, as we're giving these predictions, if you are watching this live, definitely hit us up in the chat. Let us know what your predictions are for the conferences as well. We'd love to hear from you. And, see and, even, you if, and even if you're not watching it live, if you want to put it down true. in the comments on the YouTube channel or, uh, you know, you know, hit us up. I think there's a way to uh, message the show through Anchor, too, if you want to give us your predictions for those final two weeks. So, yes, good call on that one. Uh, but, yeah, so for the ACC, my prediction is – that Pitt will win the conference. Uh, we talked about Wake Forest, their 10th right now, uh, kind of on the outside looking in. They need the, you know, absolutely, they need 2007 college football to enact. That was like the year that pretty much everybody that was ranked in the top five, like lost whenever they got ranked. All um, on one day. All on one day. Um, and so, you know, we're likely going to see Pitt and Wake in the ACC championship game. I really, I, my prediction for the ACC, I really wanted to say that Clemson's going to win the ACC, uh, you know, but Clemson needs to not only beat Wake this weekend, but they need Wake to lose to Boston College. Boston College is like one of the worst teams in the ACC, so I don't see that happening. Um, and so, you know, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, Pitt is number one in offense. Wake is number three. Uh, they are the second and third uh, best passing teams in the ACC, respectively. Uh, Wake is sixth in rushing. Pitt uh, is not so great in rushing as they are number 10. Uh, but Pitt has the better defense. The Panthers are fifth in yards, eighth in passing, second in rushing defense, fifth in scoring defense. Uh, Wake is 11th in yards uh, given up per game, sixth in passing defense, 13th in rushing defense, and ninth in scoring defense so uh the pit defense is a lot better than the wake defense it can slow that wake offense down uh which uh, which i mean you know pit already has the better offense so if if the defense is, is running on all cylinders for pit they can slow down wake i think that's a really good matchup for the panthers to win and you also have Kenny Pickett just slinging it all over the yard. You heard about him first when uh, uh, Dapper Dan was subbing in on the podcast. You know, he's a, a big Pittsburgh fan, you know, Pittsburgh area fan. I don't know if really he's a Pitt fan because he's a West Virginia fan uh, through and through. But um, but he did that's mention like a heated rivalry. Too. Right. Yeah. Well, he's not. No, that's what I mean. He's not a fan of both. I don't think. But he did bring up. He's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, which is why I said Pitt. But um he uh he brought up Kenny Pickett that day and he Kenny Pickett's been uh pretty amazing. I mean, he's sixth in the country in QB rating. He's thrown for 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, and four interceptions. So Pitt has the better quarterback. They've got a slightly better offense and a defense that can slow down the wakes, uh you know, Wake Forest's high powered offense. So I think I think in terms of who is gonna win the ACC, I think Pitt's gonna end up winning and, and getting their spot in the New Year's six bowl. Yeah, I I think Wake was really exposed when um, they played North Carolina. And I, I feel like that has really kind of altered their course on the season. I think they were kind of really flying high and then that, that game hit them and it's, it, they just haven't looked the same. Their defense, let's just be honest. Defense is, in my opinion, it, it's not as good as it is on paper. Um. I mean, North Carolina, it, they're good, but they're suspect. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think Pitt wins the conference. I mean, 
they are getting the best play out of the key position right now at quarterback and Kenny Pickett. And that, that right there, if you have a quarterback that can really guide the team, whether he's having a great game or not, just be that game manager. And Kenny Pickett has been that for Pitt this year. So I don't, I don't, I mean, I think Wake can give them a good game um, in the ACC championship, but I just, I, I feel like Pitt's just too strong, going to be too strong. Uh, especially right now, Pitt's really coming into their own right now. So they're it's also be a very tough team. It's also up. important to note that, uh, you know, uh, Sam Howell's one of the better quarterbacks that Wake's played this season, and they struggled against him. So Kenny Pickett, yeah. I think, fills that you know fills that category too. Yes, he does. So yeah, Pitt wins the ACC. Unfortunately, the ACC is left on the outside looking in on the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I is it, was that your ACC prediction as well? For yes. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I, and I, I think I think it's spot on too. Like I said, I, at Wake. I think was really exposed uh, in that loss to North Carolina. So yeah, Pitt. I, I don't think the ACC really stood a chance once Clemson was out <laughs> to, to make the college football playoff. But but yeah, I think that'll that'll. See, what the ACC needs really is they need Miami and they need Florida State to figure out their, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. Because the ACC, the ACC can't be as good as it truly can be based off of just Clemson. I mean, yeah, Pitt and Wake occasionally can be up there, North Carolina too, but they're not on the same level as Florida State and Miami in terms of pedigree. And, you know, Pitt can occasionally get up there and be, you know, at a really high competitive level, same thing in Wake occasionally as well. But in order for the ACC to be legitimized outside of Clemson, it has to be Florida State and Miami. Yeah, I agree with there. Um, moving on to the Big 12, um, nobody makes the college football playoff. That is my prediction for them. Um, and I wavered on this a little bit. It's just, it's just, it's too much of a, I, it's, it's kind of a hodgepodge of teams. And I just, um, I just don't think it's going to work out. So following the uh, Oklahoma loss, um, we you know looked at the rankings. Um, so Oklahoma falls out of the top 10. That's one of the college football playoff committee's darlings. Um, so then you have now Oklahoma State at 9, Baylor at 11, which is surprising to me. I thought Baylor would move into the top 10 um, after their win over Oklahoma. Um, are you, the Did furthest in the college in the playoff rankings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baylor, Baylor's eleven, and Oklahoma. I figured so. I figured I figured Baylor would move up inside the top ten. I knew Oklahoma was going to fall. I didn't realize Oklahoma was going to fall all the way down to thirteen, which is kind of surprising to me too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the furthest the team has ever had to climb in the college football playing re- playoff rankings over the final three weeks uh, that was actually the Oklahoma Sooners back in twenty nineteen. Uh, they were ranked uh, number ten in week twelve. Uh, they did have key wins that season against number 11 texas number 13 baylor number 21 oklahoma state number seven baylor in the big 12 championship game but they also had number eight uh minnesota number six uh uh, they had uh, the teams that lost in front of them though were number eight minnesota number six oregon who lost um in the uh uh you know in the pac-12 championship game uh they were knocked out by number uh or no, sorry, number six, Oregon lost and then knocked out number five, Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. And then number four, Georgia was blown out by number two, LSU in the SEC championship game. So Oklahoma had its help to get there. The 2021 Sooners 
Uh, they are, you know, have had two ranked matchups this season. They need an epic comeback to win against Texas and then lost to Baylor. Uh, each team should be favored in week 13. Um, so they should be undefeated going into the final week or sorry, they should all win going into the final week of the season. Uh, Baylor faces Texas tech, Oklahoma state, um, and, uh, has, uh, Oklahoma and, uh, Bedlam. Uh, if Oklahoma wins, they'll get a rematch versus Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. If Oklahoma State wins, they'll face Baylor, uh, whom they beat earlier this season. Uh, Oklahoma is the only Big 12 team to be ever to ever represent the conference in the college football playoff. Um, and I just can't trust. Surprised. O- no. No, I, I, I mean, I just can't trust Oklahoma to win twice against Oklahoma State. I mean, it's looked like they have tried to lose at, at times this year. I mean, they, they struggled against Kansas, who Texas just got beat by. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they'll split that series, you know, if they were to face them. Because if Oklahoma loses to Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma's done anyway. But if they were to win Bedlam the first time around and then lose um, – I, you know, I, I don't think they'll. I'll, I, I don't with the way they're playing. I don't see them beating Oklahoma State twice. Baylor isn't the best two-loss option, in my opinion. Like if some of those teams in front of them even lose, like Baylor's loss to TCU is still pretty glaring. And the same could be said um, for Oklahoma State, who lost to Iowa State earlier this season, uh, who hasn't really been that great. Um, and so I just, I just, I believe. Each Big 12 team will finish with at least two losses, uh, and the committee has shown that they don't have a lot of faith in the conference. So I think because. Oh, Baylor, I mean, Baylor could win out, not play in the Big 12 championship game and be the cleanest option of those three teams. But the fact that they didn't even move into the top 10, the, the committee chose to put Wake ahead of them, um, even because Wake, Wake just beat a team that was ranked behind them in NC State, and they move up above Baylor, who beat a team that was in front of them. So um, the committee has kind of shown that they don't really care about the Big 12 this season. Um, it kind of reminds me of, you know, that first year when they had TCU and Baylor, they were going to crowd co-champions to try to get two shots at the college football playoff and didn't end up having that happen. So I just, I think everybody's going to beat each other, take each other out. Um, and uh, the, the Big 12 is going to be left on the outside looking in of the college football playoff. Yeah, I, I, I agree that they're going to be left on the outside looking in. But my prediction is that Oklahoma State runs the table and gives the committee really something serious to think about. I think Oklahoma State, I, honestly, this is a bold prediction because Oklahoma State's known for choking when, you know, the world is at their fingertips and they just, they choke it away every year. I don't know why it is. Mike Gundy just can't. They were ranked third that year. They lost with Brandon Whedon. They lost in Ames, Iowa against Iowa State on like a Thursday, I think. He basically says, come at him. He's a man. He's 40. (laughs) And they go, okay. (laughs) And they come at him and they, they wither in the, in the, in the spotlight. It's unfortunate, but I think this year they finally buck that trend in these last few weeks and they win the big 12. That's my that's my prediction for the Big 12. Unfortunately, it's still not enough just because there are quite a few teams in front of them that are a little bit more deserving to get into the college football playoff. I mean, unless absolute pandemonium breaks loose, then Oklahoma State can get their way in. But they're not a playoff team, but they can be Big 12 champs. 
Yeah. And, and I think on, New Year's six. I honestly think there's a better chance of Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma twice than I think that Oklahoma will beat Oklahoma State twice. But, if, the way, but Oklahoma State won't have to beat Oklahoma twice. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think they can't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if Oklahoma State can beat beat Oklahoma in Bedlam, I think they'll have a good shot to beat Baylor again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, and I mean, Oklahoma State's got a good run game. I know that really doesn't matter for much anymore in college football. Uh, They've got a good. Uh, who's their running back now? Um, I don't know. Um, let me. I can look that up real God, quick. It was the best with Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Um, which side note is like <laughs> my mom was playing fantasy fo- football for the first time this year, and that was one of the players she had on her team for a time, and she had him just because of his name. Um, so uh, let's see. He's uh, got J- a brother. Jalen Warren right now is over a thousand yards for them. Um, so yeah, Jalen Warren is their running back. I said Chubba Hubbard that's got a brother that's getting ready to get into college. Maybe. No, uh no. Uh Brock Purdy, the old yeah, Iowa State quarterback. His brother's yeah. name is uh Chubba Purdy. <laughs> and, oh my God. I mean, heir to the Purdy throne. Yeah. That th- that throne be Purdy. Um, so yeah, I like that pick for Oklahoma state. Um, so moving on to the big 10 Michigan beats Ohio state for the first time since 2011. It's, 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 you know, looking at this series, uh, you know, in, in this rivalry, uh, a team has not won nine straight in the series, uh, in over a hundred years. Uh, but the Buckeyes have won eight in a row. Uh, it's the toughest road contest the Buckeyes have had this season. They played like Nebraska on the road. They played Minnesota on the road. The, they uh, Michigan State on the road? No, they get Michigan State out. Oh, okay. So it's by far the toughest road contest this season. And Michigan? No, unlike you, Indiana was the toughest <laughs> road game they had this season. You scared me for Almost a second because I thought you were going to pull like a rabbit out of that. You're like, oh, they played this team on the road. I was like, ah, oh, I missed that one. But no, yeah, yeah, IU far and away. Was the toughest the road toughest. contest? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think they had more difficulty with the fact that it was a torrential downpour than it was the fact that IU, you know, than IU's defense that day. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Michigan uh, is no slouch. I mean, you know, when we've talked about this rivalry in the past few years, it's um, you know, Michigan. You you kind of knew going in like, well, like you like the 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 only maybe reason you talked yourself into Michigan winning is like, well, it's a rivalry game. Like maybe Michigan will get up for it this year. Michigan has a team that can beat Ohio state. They've got a legitimate chance to actually win one in this rivalry. Um, Michigan is eighth in the country in yards allowed fourth in points allowed. The Buckeyes do have the best offense, the best scoring offense in college football, but like stopping it. But Michigan is 30th uh, in yards per game and 25th in scoring. So what I'm saying is, is that Michigan's got a defense that can slow down Ohio State. I not maybe not completely stop them, but sl- uh, but you know slow them down when they need to. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a lo- very similar to the Oregon uh, Ohio State game, and the fact that I I don't see I don't see that see, much. I mean, Purdue's defense was pretty good, and they got smoked i'm just saying it's 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 in that was in columbus though 
Yeah, but still, regardless, how do you stop four well, all-American wide receivers and all-American running back and a, a very the same way Nebraska almost narrowly did? I mean, Nebraska held this team in check for for the longest time. I think time. that was more so Ohio State looking past Nebraska, to mm -hmm. be honest. Because, for Purdue, well, potentially. Did you hear all the talk leading up to the Ohio State Purdue game all week? It was a lot. It was the nationally. It was a big. It was a lot of talk surrounding that game. I mean, but but were there a lot of pundits that were seriously like, "Oh, watch out! Better, well, better watch out!" I mean, because it, it was a fun storyline. Because I mean, they Purdue, all picked Ohio State, but I mean, it was right. a constant storyline, and it was you, a storyline because State, you actually have to. I mean, it was a, a ranked versus ranked matchup. I'm not saying that you know. I'm, I'm I don't think they were looking past Nebraska to Purdue. I just think they were kind of on. Cruise control. Cruise control, because Nebraska, you know, really isn't that big of a threat, and Nebraska played up. Nebraska yeah. was trying to prove something, and Ohio State kind of got caught sleeping. But even when Ohio State gets caught sleeping, <laughs> they're still good. And I think we saw what Ohio State truly can be against Purdue. Yeah. Well, and I mean – um, you know, I just think Ohio State hasn't played a team that's this good on both sides of the ball all season. Uh, I wouldn't say Michigan is the is the best offense they've they've played against all year. Now, statistically, it is. It is. Statistically, it should have be it should have been Purdue, the best offense. It, it, it's not. It, 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 per, Michigan's offense. Okay, maybe on a season as a whole, but over here the past yeah. few weeks, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm that, looking at. As that season four game in five, that four game span where Purdue only scored 13 points, but that's like way in the real rear view mirror, right? That that's probably the only thing. But Ohio State's defense is good enough. Whereas, I, I mean, I, I still think the best offense Ohio State will have faced outside in the conference is Purdue, because. Michigan does not have the passing game quite like Purdue does, but Michigan has a really good run game. And Purdue does not have a very good run game and still put up 91 yards rushing on Ohio State's defense. So that's something that's where the game could be won for Michigan is right there because if they get a lead, they can control the time then by by running effectively. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying is I think that uh, I think Michigan has. Um, but I you don't know, think Michigan is capable of getting in a shootout with Ohio State and winning it. Well, I never said it was going to be a shootout. I just said this is the best. Uh, this, this is, is the, the best chance they've had. That's what you're saying. I'm what I'm saying is I'm predicting Michigan to beat Ohio State. But what I'm saying is, is that this is the best team all around both offense and defense, they've got the defense to slow down Ohio state and keep up is what I'm saying. It doesn't just because just because it's a shootout doesn't mean it's gotta be, you know, a, a, every, both quarterbacks have to have 500 yards. It can be, you can be Michigan runs for 200 and, and gashes them that way. And yeah. you, so, I mean, I, I think, I think Michigan can slow down Ohio state enough to stay in the game. And I think they can, that, you know, they've got the offense to compete and, and, and ultimately pull the win off. I, I think, you know, and it's like, like I said, toughest road game that Ohio state will have played all season. So. True. Okay. Yeah. Bold prediction. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, uh, my bold prediction is that Wisconsin who came out of the gate really slow, not looking too good 
is going to come out of the quagmire that is the Big Ten West and give Ohio State a scare in the Big Ten championship game. Um, Wisconsin is just, they're, they're rounding into form. I mean, six straight wins for this team. This, this, is a, this is a good team now. And it took them a while to figure it out. But, hey, I mean, like we've seen, like we just talked about, one of Ohio State's biggest weaknesses is probably stopping the run. And that's Wisconsin's MO, run. <laughs> so I think Wisconsin comes out of the West and gives Ohio State a scare in the Big Ten championship game. But it's still not enough. Ohio State wins the Big Ten and heads into the college football playoff as the three seed. There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wisconsin has been playing really good football lately. I think I think they are gonna are gonna make the. I think they are gonna be the team that represents the West. I think that's a good call. Um, Pack twelve. Um, here is my prediction for them. Uh, number twenty four Utah will upset number four Oregon to keep the conference. Uh, they're number three. They're four in the eight people. Uh, the conference out of the college football playoff for the fifth straight season. Uh, Oregon and Utah have the third and fourth best offenses in the Pac twelve. Utah has the third best defense in the Pac twelve. The last time Oregon faced a top three Pac twelve defense was earlier this November against Washington. Uh, Ducks quarterback Anthony Brown went 10 for 20 for 98 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, and so they were bailed out in that game when Anthony Brown didn't look the greatest by Travis Dye, uh, who ran uh, 28 times for 211 yards and a touchdown. Oregon led 10 to 9 at halftime and pulled away in the second half for the 26 to 16 win. This is a Washington team that's been kind of sporadic all season, lost to Montana at the beginning of the year. Um, Washington is 11th in the conference against the run. So that allowed Oregon, uh, whose passing attack was kind of stifled a bit, uh, to uh, succeed there. Utah has an offense that can keep up with Oregon, gets Oregon at home. Uh, that's another big, you know, thing. Oregon it does have to go on the road. Uh, one of their tougher road contests of the season, not the toughest because they played at Ohio State, um, and they will likely play Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, and they've got a defense uh, that can slow down the Ducks um, as well. So, and it should be noted, uh, mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast that. Uh, Oregon did upset Utah in the Pac-12 championship game when Utah had a shot at the college football playoffs. So a little, it's, uh, there are probably still some players on that team that remember that and uh, have some uh, revenge on their mind uh, this time around against Oregon. Yeah, I, that's a really good pick, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I have to go with that one as well. I honestly, I. I my prediction is the Pac-12 gets left out of the out of the college football playoff. Um, I know I just said Ohio State would go in as a three seed, but honestly, if Oregon gets if I'm going with this prediction, Ohio State will be the two seed. Cincinnati will be the three. Notre Dame will be the four. No two SEC. I think I don't think you put in a two that, loss that, SEC team. That's your that that's your SEC prediction then too, isn't it? Is it the the fact that yeah um, Alabama doesn't make the playoff? Wow, I I don't see it. I, I yeah. So I think Pac-12 gets left out. SEC only gets one, and it's Georgia. But it's the it's the one that matters the most. Let's be honest. Right. I mean, right. I don't. You can put Alabama in there all you want, and then we'll just get 
Oregon versus or Utah or yeah, one of those teams, Georgia versus Alabama potentially in the the, the championship with Georgia running away with it. I just, I mean, unless Alabama loses, well, we'll get to the SEC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I just it's one of those things. It's kind of the way I feel about the Pac-12 is the same way I kind of feel about the Big Twelve. Although, um, I, feel like <laughs> the big, I feel like the Big Twelve. Well, I feel like the Pac-12 is um, in a little bit better situation than the Big 12, though. Yeah. Because all Oregon has to do is is just win, and they're right. in. Yeah. yeah. What I what I'm getting at though is just the fact that I, I don't have I don't see Oregon beating Utah twice. So I think they split that series. I think Oregon. If they beat Utah in the regular season, they're going to lose in the Pac-12 championship game. If they lose to Utah, they'll then beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, but it won't matter because we we were all in on the Pac-12 when they, you know, you know, UCLA beat LSU and Oregon beat Ohio State. We're like, oh, the Pac-12 is finally back in it, and they found a way to take themselves out. So until proven otherwise, the Pac-12 will always Pac-12 and get in their own way and and, and right. find a way to, to not be relevant on the national stage. And the thing is, if there was a year for the Pac-12 to actually show some relevancy, it's this year with Clemson having a down year. Yeah, and the committee not being so high on Oklahoma, which leaves the Big 12 kind of out of sorts. So. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's two, that's two power five conferences being, uh, you know, left out on the outside looking in. So theoretically, if, if they're all power conferences, you would think they'd be high on, on some of them, at least winning their conference. So we'll see. All right. Moving on to the SEC. Um, so I, unlike you, B Scott, I see it a little differently college football playoff wise. Maybe I should have said, I, I kind of view it as kind of a foregone conclusion that we're going to get two SEC teams, uh, because, um, because mine was just like, you know what? There's not a whole lot to predict here. Georgia and, and Alabama are going to make the college football playoff, uh, or they're going to make the SEC championship game. And I believe both will likely make the college football playoff. So my prediction for the SEC, um, uh, for the SEC for the rest of the year was that Stetson Bennett quarterback for Georgia will throw three touchdowns against uh, Alabama in the SEC title game. Um, that's because the passing attack for Georgia isn't super p- prolific. Uh, Bennett has thrown three plus touchdowns twice this season. Um, once was against UAB week one. Um, and the other one was against Kentucky a few weeks ago where he threw three. Um, uh Alabama has allowed three touchdown passes twice this season. Uh, first time, uh, sorry, last time was to Hendon Hooker uh, back on uh, their in their game against Tennessee, but that's pretty commonplace uh, for Hooker. Uh, but Zach Calzada is an, is kind of a similar quarterback to uh, Stetson Bennett in the fact that he doesn't throw a lot of touchdown passes, and he had three uh, in the upset. Um, over uh, over Alabama as well as uh, hit the game against New Mexico. So he only has two games as well that he's only thrown for three touchdown passes. So that was my big prediction because here's how, you know, this will kind of segue into yours, B. Scott. This is how I feel about, um, about the SEC. I think, especially with them being 1-2, because to me, when I see them both at 1-2, I don't see how they're not going to be like pretty much both in the in the college football playoff because the way I see it is for one if so if, you know Alabama beats Georgia okay or sorry Georgia beats Alabama 
then how do you justify a team that you have as number one beating? Like if you have the number two team losing to the number one team, well, that's how, why you had them ordered that way in the first place. So you, can you really justify them dropping completely out? If, if Alabama beats Georgia, all right, they lost to the two seed. That's not, you know, that's not a crippling loss. It's not like they lost to the 21, you know, number 21 in the country. So how can you justify them falling that far, especially if Georgia's only got one loss and their one loss is to Alabama when Oregon's one loss is to Stanford, you know, Ohio State's one loss is to Oregon, um, you know, which is still a good one. You know, Notre Dame, if they're up there, their one loss is to Cincinnati. You know, uh, it's, you know, there's some good losses that are up there as well, but I mean, I think Georgia will have the best one loss uh, argument of everybody. Um, so I, my viewpoint is unless Georgia gets absolutely obliterated or unless Alabama gets absolutely obliterated. And when I say obliterated, I mean like it's gotta be like 24 points, I think plus or more that one of those two teams will have to get beat by. Uh, in order for there to be a legitimate case to drop them s- significantly out of the college football playoff discussion. I think if, if it's, you know, if Georgia wins 38 to 28 or if Alabama wins, you know, 41 to 31, like I, I think that both teams get in. Um, I think it's going to take a, you know, 41 to 10 blowout by Alabama or Georgia for the committee to say, all right, fine. We, we got to leave one of these, these two teams out. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to have to be something like that in order to leave uh, an SEC team out or two SEC teams out. And that's where my prediction comes in. You are exactly right. It is going to take a blowout for two SEC teams to not get into the playoff. However, I think regardless, if Alabama beats Georgia, to get in, no matter what. It's because Georgia has been the best team in college football all year long. <coughs> My prediction, Alabama gets completely bushwhacked by Georgia. That Georgia defense is the real deal. And I think this is going to be the best defense that Alabama has faced all season or even close to the best defense Alabama has faced all season. Um, It's going to really, you know, hurt Alabama's offense. Uh, It's Alabama's offense is young. You got to realize this. Yeah. They have some, they have experience at wide receiver, but otherwise quarterback is young. Running back is young. It's a very young team. So, if we see it happen, it, it wouldn't be all that surprising. But I will say this, because of that, only one SEC school gets in. So I will say this. Here's my final prediction at this point in time. My one seed, Georgia. My two seed, Ohio State. Three seed, Cincinnati. Four seed, Oklahoma State. I like I like it. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this, uh, yesterday, uh, was like, well, you know, cause I, you know, I told you off air, I was kind of struggling with predictions cause it's kind of, it's tough this late only in the sense that like, you know, you can't go super like crazy cause there are things that are, you know, mathematically, you know, impossible, impossible to happen. <laughs> but at the same time, you don't want to just say, well, I think, uh, George is going to win the SEC. Cause obviously like, that's not, that's yeah. not much of a prediction. So, <laughs> no, that's um, like- so I was like, I, I was, you know, I, I kind of came to grips with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this. Cause I guess this would leave 
my four as Georgia at one, uh, Alabama. I guess it doesn't really matter if Alabama's two or three. We'll say they're three. We'll so, say the committee. I will say this. Even if Alabama loses closely, Alabama, I, the committee, honestly, is either going to have to knock Alabama out or only move them to three. There's yeah. no way the committee is moving Alabama to four and having a rematch, like a back-to-back rematch of Georgia. No, no, because what they'll want to do is they'll want to say, if it's a good game, they'll want to save it for the championship game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it would be uh, my four would have to be based on, you know, all my predictions. I would have to say it's going to be Georgia one. I think it would be, I guess, it'd be Alabama. Yeah, so it'd be Alabama one. Would it be, or sorry, Georgia one, Alabama would be three. So does that mean Michigan's two? Because I have Michigan beating Ohio State. So that would probably mean they win the Big Ten. Um, Because then you'd have Cincinnati at four. So I guess guess we have Michigan at two. I mean, that's that's the four I'm sticking with, man. That's what I'm going with. Then you would have an uprising of Michigan State fans. Michigan State fans are upset even with the fact that they're ranked behind Michigan after they beat Michigan. But mm, I mean, Michigan's what? I mean, I don't know. I think, I guess, yeah, they have, but I guess if Michigan state ends up losing to Ohio state, it's a point anyway. So yeah, it won't matter. Common opponents Um, there. Right. I just, cause I mean, I see why they would be mad, but at the same time, like, Okay, well, but still, Michigan's one loss is to a team that's good in Michigan State. And, I mean, Purdue is good. Purdue's better than they've been in a while. I mean, Purdue's going to be an eight-win team going into bowl games. Right. So, I mean, but still, the better loss is Michigan's loss. So, like, I can see why. But, like you said, it doesn't matter because it'll all kind of round-robin out anyway. So, it doesn't really matter too much. Uh, But, yeah, I guess that would mean mine four is Georgia one, Michigan two, Alabama three, uh, and then uh, Cincinnati at four. Um, And, honestly, I'd be okay with that because I think when – I talked about this a little last week. It's funny that people talk about, like, oh, I don't want to see Cincinnati in because they're going to get blown out. Why not? No, they're not. No, they're not. Well, no. But but the thing is is that, like, what's funny about it is that when – Somebody tweeted out the the early Vegas odds. If like the when the first rankings came out and somebody was like, "Here are the early Vegas odds," it literally was like both games were like fourteen or like more like point spreads. I'm like, okay, so you're worried about the blowout, but literally not only have like literally almost every semifinals game been a blowout, but also like they're already projected to be blowouts. Like, what do you mean that like oh we don't want to see Cincinnati because going to get blown out? Well, the committee also thinks everyone's going to get blown out, so why does it matter? <laughs> so. So, yeah, I mean, I think Cincinnati would, like, match up well with Georgia. I mean, Georgia would win that game, but I think Cincinnati would put up a fight. I think it'd be a cool, like, rematch. I mean, it'd be just a – it'd be a path of rematches for Georgia. They'd get their rematch against uh, the team they played in the Sugar Bowl last year, and then they get their uh, rematch against Alabama in the championship game. So Yeah, um, then I guess the biggest prediction of all at this point, I would have – Georgia versus yeah, Georgia versus Ohio State. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. National championship game with I'm gonna say Ohio State coming out on top. Ooh, that's a good that's a good pick. I like that, that. The Ohio State offense is on a different level, but so is the Georgia defense. But yeah. We'll yeah. See. I I, don't I know. think old predictions, who knows at this point. 
Yeah, I think Georgia's Georgia. If I had to pick a team right now, I'd say Georgia's probably going to win the whole thing. Anyway. Yeah, and I, I, just, I, kinda, I didn't want to go with. I just kind of wanted to be a big picture because honestly, that's the easy one. I think honestly, I, it is. It's going to be Georgia. Well, and I think I I, I want to see Georgia win to be honest because I I think you know I think they're a program that has been so close these last few years to like being on that same level. I mean, we get we talk about of course a couple of years ago, uh, the first year of the Crash Course podcast when they were in the uh, championship game against Alabama. Um, you know, it came so close there, and you know I think Kirby Smart's done a good job over there. So I I, I wouldn't mind seeing them. Uh, you know, end up end up winning it all. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, gonna be fun to watch these last couple of weeks uh, shake out. Um, but before we go, speaking of championships, uh, we got to talk a little bit about NASCAR, and uh, we're gonna talk some IndyCar as well. Uh, NASCAR did crown uh, their champion. Uh, final four going into the last race a couple of weeks ago uh, was uh, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Chase Elliott. It was the championship race at Phoenix. You know what I didn't know? Um, this is how tuned in I am to NASCAR. I did not know Phoenix like completely rearranged their track. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the f- old front stretch is now basically the back stretch. That old like weird like like kind of middle area like like basically the stretch between one and two is now the start finish line. Uh, and so now turns three and four is now turn four or turn one. Um, so that's pretty, I, I like that layout a lot better. Like it was weird to watch, like when I was watching the highlights of the race, but like, I was like, man, I, I don't, it's weird to watch it this way after having watched it the old way, but I kind of like this way better. Um, so, so that was interesting, but anyway, <coughs> uh, stage one, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, was kind of the dominant car there. Ryan Blaney, he passes Ryan Blaney on lap 51 to take the lead, goes on to win the stage. Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Larson rounded out the top five, uh, in stage two. Uh, Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott dominated a good portion of the stage. Larson uh, did pass Elliott uh, on the restart on lap 162, goes on to win the stage, uh, and then it, uh, round out, rounding out the top five were Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, uh, who came in third, uh, and the Martin Truex Jr. So the top four were pretty much in contention the whole race. And then the key moment of the whole season, really, uh, lap 282, uh, there's a caution that comes out for debris. Uh, Truex at the time had a four-second lead on Larson. Uh, pit stops ensue. Kyle Larson gains three spots to take the lead uh, and goes on to win the race um, and the championship. So final results uh, for the race, Larson uh, one, Truex two, Denny Hamlin three, Ryan Blaney comes in fourth, uh, Chase Elliott rounds out the top five. So Kyle Larson goes on uh, to win the NASCAR championship, which prompts the question uh, from B. Scott. He came up with this topic, and I liked it a lot, and I even liked researching it, and I was like, I'm excited to talk about it. The big question is, um, who had the more impressive season? Is it Kyle Larson, or are we talking Alex Pillow uh, from IndyCar? Who had the most uh, of the two you know, big racing series in, in, in the U.S.? Which who you know who had the better season? Um, for me, um, I I I wanted really I wanted to I really wanted to go with Alex Pillow here, um, just because I'm more of an IndyCar guy. 
Uh, but looking at the numbers, I have to go Kyle Larson. Uh, both had unlikely incredible seasons. Uh, Palo had no wins in his rookie campaign with Dale Coyne, uh, wins three races en route to the 2021 title. Uh, Kyle Larson lost his ride sponsorships uh, after uh, you know his scandal by saying a racial slur uh, in 2020. He signs on with Hendrick. Uh, and he wins 10 races in the 2021 uh, season. Um, and, uh, you know, Larson, like Polo, hadn't really won a whole lot. <laughs> uh, I know Polo hadn't won at all, but Larson only won six races coming into 2020. Um, and uh, he had just one uh, from uh, 2020, or tw- sorry, he had one win from 2018 to 2020. His 10 win season puts him with the likes of Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, David Pearson, Kale Yarborough, Jeff Gordon, Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, to name a few. I know I named a lot more than a few. Uh, with uh, 10 with 10 wins uh, in NASCAR's modern era, uh, Pelo would have needed a season uh, rivaling rivaling. Uh, you know, Dan Weldon in 2005 or Scott Dixon in 2008, who both won six wins uh, in their respective seasons to kind of equal uh, Larson's feet. Uh, it would have had to be a more dominating campaign in terms of wins for Polo. Um, but also another thing that I think kind of gives a leg up to Larson is that, uh, you know, and another reason why I originally wanted to give it to Polo is the fact that, you know, IndyCar still goes the, the way they go about the points title the way that they should, which is, you know, you know, going points every week and, you know, who has the most points at the end of season wins. They don't do that, you know, gimmicky playoff stuff that NASCAR does, which Kyle makes it Larson still won the regular season. For well, right, though. right. But what I'm saying is, but, but the way NASCAR is, is that theoretically Kyle Larson had to dodge a lot more bullets with elimination rounds. Right. That's what I'm saying is like makes it even more difficult for Larson to win. Cause yeah, I mean, he, he won the, I'm not saying he like, you know, coasted through the regular season and turned it on the playoffs. He still had a good, I think he had like what, five or six wins going into the, to the chase or if it's even called the chase anymore. I don't I know. It but, was, I think it was, was it six? Yeah. Cause he won like four, I think races in the, yeah, in the I mean, playoffs. Yeah. How many, how many like streaks did he have? I think he yeah. had like two or three like multiple win wins in a row. Right. And so like, that's like unreal. Right. Yeah. So he had just an amazing, you know, season and you had to dodge a lot more uh, bullets in terms of the structure of the NASCAR playoffs. So I think by virtue of that, he had the more impressive season. Uh, like I said, I mean, I didn't want to give it to him originally just because, you know, the circumstances of his comeback story are not super great to put it very mildly. Um, I don't want to get into that, you know, cause I mean, I don't want to, you know, say, we I don't want to get canceled. We don't want to get canceled, but, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at it, you know, just in a vacuum, those two racing seasons, I think it's really hard not to lean Kyle Larson there. So there's a lot of similarities between these two drivers and their, their, in their championship run runs, I guess. I get not really a lot. Well, so one, both of them run for like, one of the premier teams in their series. Alex Polo with Chip Ganassi Racing, Kyle Larson with Hendrick Motorsports. Both of them were in their first year with these organizations, and both of them had teammates that were the defending champion of each series. True. Alex Polo with Scott Dixon, and Kyle Larson with Chase Elliott. Now, Alex Scott Dixon wasn't in... Like, wasn't truly in contention in the final race for the championship this year, whereas Chase Elliott was 
he was battling Kyle Larson for that championship. Um, so there's a lot, there's quite a few similarities there. Um, I do have to say it's Kyle Larson though, just because 10 wins. I mean, look, I don't think even Jimmy Johnson who won, what was it? Like five straight championships, five or six straight championships. He never even put up 10 wins in a single season. So that is an impressive feat. And like I said, mentioned earlier, how many streak, I think he had like two or three streaks of multiple wins in a row. It, it, it was just impressive. I mean, I think the next closest driver maybe had four wins on the season. And I want to say that was, yeah, it was a tie for four after Kyle Larson's 10. And one of them was his teammate, Alex Bowman. So, <laughs> I mean, he didn't even make the championship four. So what Kyle Larson did this year was just extremely impressive especially in the the day and age of NASCAR where they have done everything possible to make it as competitive as possible and to see multiple winners, you know, and for him to win 10 is impressive. Now I'm not just even going to say he had the most impressive season. I'm going to go out on record and say he had the most impressive year. I, I know he had some issues earlier in 2020 that lost him his, his sponsorships and everything. But honestly, which, wasn't he wasn't he with Ganassi, which is kind of another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so he was he was talking about target car. A matter of right. fact, um, well, well, I'm just saying as far as like he goes from Ganassi, Palo was with Ganassi as well. Yeah. So there's so another similarity. <laughs> but honestly, I think it was that time away from NASCAR was honestly the best thing for Kyle Larson. It really fo- allowed him to focus on being a better race car driver. I mean he was all over the USAC circuit here in Indiana. I mean, I think he won the USAC triple crown. If I may be wrong on that, I know he won the chili bowl. Um, so if you follow any open wheel racing at all, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, he was extremely dominant in USAC when he was away from NASCAR and that really helped him focus in and hone in on his, um, his skills as a driver. And a matter of fact, I mean, Tony Stewart, who, you know, has ha- who had a successful open race, open wheel career and a NASCAR career and dirt track career. Uh, Tony Stewart has been come on record saying that he believes Kyle Larson at this point in time is the best race car driver in the world. And that's saying something when you see Max Verstappen and um, Lewis Hamilton battling it out over an F1. So Kyle Larson, I feel like, is a, is a driver that could get in any car in any t- any series and be extremely competitive if not pull out a win. Yeah, I agree. Um whereas Alex Plow, I don't know if Alex Plow could get into a NASCAR and be competitive instantly. Right. Yeah. Um and it was fun going back through uh cuz I was like even even looking back at like Scott Dixon's year was more dominant last year than Alex Pelot's this year. So like Pelot won it, it was a great run by Pelot, but just I mean he won it by being consistent whereas Kyle Larson I think you know was just the was best just, driver start to finish. Right. Um so you talk about him being able to, you know, get in kind of any car and you the comparison to Tony Stewart. You like uh, that, that leeway? Yeah, I do like that. Um, that brings us to uh, a hot or cold question, which is hot or cold. Kyle Larson will run the Indy 500. Now, when you ask that, B. Scott, do you mean this year's or do you mean just in general? Just in general. So, okay, because I think it's a hot take. 
because uh, Larson said back in August uh, that he was interested in running in the Indy 500. Um, now that was with the stipulation that only if he had a legit shot to win, he's not going to run it just to run it. He's not going to, he's not going to do Sorry, what Dale coin. He's not going to get in one of your cars. <laughs> right. Right. Well, because he's, I mean, I know we've seen like Andretti, the late John Andretti, uh, you know, just kind of do it like not like he didn't really have a real shot to win either race. He was just kind of doing it to do it, like doing the double to do the double. Well, um, he was also doing it because of his last name too. All right. I'm not. Yeah. Like he, he was doing it to do it. It was, you well, know, I mean, it was an, you know, it's an Andretti family tradition. Right. So he was doing that. I mean, we had, you know, Robbie Gordon kind of in those later years, Kurt Busch, uh, you know, uh, Kurt Busch, he had I, a legitimate I, shot of winning. I, I forgot, honestly, honestly that Kurt Busch ran AJ the Allmendinger that year, both ran and they were the best cars, I think, out there for for Penske. I think they yeah. were both running for Penske. The best cars out there for Penske, the only ones that even had a shot of chasing down TK. Um, but yeah, so, um, you know, he, so he says only if I have a legit shot to win and it's, you know, obviously, you know, if you're not, you're a racing fan, you know, that that's the same day as the Coke 600. Um, and so I would like to think that coming off of the season, when you've won a title and you've got an opportunity to join Tony Stewart uh, as the only other driver to finish in the top 10 in both races, uh, the Coke 600 and Indy 500, I think Larson would not only have, I, I think he would garner the most interest. He would have no trouble finding a solid ride. I think if, if he was going to do it in a year, in like years where he's still competitive, like in both in, in, you know, NASCAR has and wants a legit shot to win both races. I don't, think i think this is the year that he would want to do it like strike strike while the iron's hot i th I think it's a hot take i think if larson were to do it it would be i would lean towards this season more than anything as far as him being uh most interested to do it because you know his name's hottest in the streets right now he'd have the most chance uh, right now at getting a good ride um and so i think he'd be set up really well to run both races really well oh yeah and i think if there's a i think this is definitely a hot take and honestly i believe Roger Penske would be the person to put him in a car and give him the best of possible equipment to win in Indy 500. Um, yeah, I, I, I would. And then I could legitimately see him, you know, placing top five, top 10, if not winning the Indy 500 and then going and having a spectacular Coke 600 race. Cause this, this is what this guy does. He's a race car driver. He, you know, he just goes out and it's, he did that during his suspension and like I, like I said earlier it made him a better driver and that that's i think he really wants to prove it too and this is this is what he would have to do now if he goes out and he wins the daytona 500 the, at the beginning of next season or wins that race in february in the um, los angeles coliseum i think you could really see him really kind of put the heat on somebody to get him in an indy 500 ride because wow i mean talk about what it, it's never been done obviously but winning the daytona 500 and the indy 500 in the same year if there's yeah. somebody that could do it i mean it, it, it's a legitimate possibility but i think it is a hot take that kyle larson will run in the indy 500 if not this year it definitely in the future you will see him in an indy car yeah, I think the closest we've seen to that is uh, a driver winning the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400, but that's about it. I don't. Th I can't Jamie think McMurray. of it. I know, yeah, Dave McMurray was the, was the first driver. I think sure he's the only one. 
maybe Dale Jarrett is the other one in the same season. Oh no, not okay. Yeah, I know Jamie McMurray was. Didn't like didn't like Paul Menard do it too. I don't. He won the Brickyard, but I don't think he won the Daytona 500 that. Yeah, year. I don't know. I know but Jamie, yeah. but Jamie Mack won both. Jamie McMurray was, I think, was like the first driver to do it because that was yeah. when he was in what the car that Martin Truex is in now. I mean, the only maybe Kevin Harvick. Maybe it's probably been done here recently when there's only been like five drivers that have won races. It feels right. like, <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, definitely not the uh, Indy 500. So, I mean, yeah. that would be insanity to think a driver could do, to, could do both there. So um, hopefully that can happen. Cause that would be great really for both sports. Oh yeah. Um, so especially uh, considering Kyle Larson ran so many races and on dirt tracks around Indiana for him to come in and then run the, the, the greatest spectacle in racing and the one that, you know, brings all of Indiana together. I, I would, I mean, that's just like icing on the cake. Let's just for be sure. honest. So yeah. if Roger Penske, if for some reason you're listening to this or just somebody pushes across your desk for some very random reason, Kyle Larson, give him a ride for the month of May. Yeah. You won't be sorry. Well, that will do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you guys all for listening. Uh, remember that you can follow us on Twitter at 3C Media Sports. You can like us on Facebook, 3C Media. You can go to our YouTube channel. Go subscribe and ring the bell, 3C Media over there. You can go to TikTok, uh, 3C Media over there. We stream live every week, twitch.tv slash Craig Crash. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course Podcast. You can find me at crash course fm on twitter b scott where can they find you you can find me at brandon underscore scott 87 on twitter now in years past you might think hey guys you guys typically take a week off for thanksgiving we actually are going to have a podcast next week uh we're going to be breaking down um the high school football championships uh so that will be for really indiana. fun for indiana. indiana yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> i guess it should be yeah, specified uh it will for indiana um, so uh, we're going to be breaking those down, uh, being prepared for uh, championship weekend, uh, state finals weekend uh, uh, in Indiana. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, have a good week, everybody.